Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Bear in Mind podcast. My name is Neil Rule, the broadcast voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Good to have everybody back for another academic year, another athletic year. And remember, if you're hearing this for the first time, maybe on our social media outlets, on the Golden Grizzlies social media outlets, remember you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. And then the latest episodes will go right to your phone and you can listen to them at your leisure. You know, we try to keep these things 15, 20 minutes-ish so you guys can do that on, on your way to work, on your way home from work and get you that quick update with what's going on around the Golden Grizzlies Athletic Department. So we figure a new academic year, a new sports year, why not go to the top and welcome in the Director of Athletics, a multiple-time guest here on the Bear In Mind podcast, Steve Waterfield, joining us here today. And Steve, I appreciate you taking the time. And, and real quickly too, Steve, and I've told you this before, whether we're doing radio for basketball or whatever, I appreciate your ease of access. I appreciate your transparency. How, how was the summer, man? Because it's all over now. We're back to work. We are back to work. It's been a good summer. The golf game has gotten marginally better. Still not great, uh, but it's been fun. Uh, at some point, though, during the summer, you kind of want to get back to to what we do here, which is which is compete and have athletic events. And so I met with the women's soccer student athletes on Monday. Away we go. We're ready to go. And uh, summer's over. Women's soccer on. Uh, a few days is going to have its first exhibition, so it's right around the corner with volleyball and men's soccer starting soon after. Yeah, yeah and, and absolutely. And Steve, with that, you know, the start of the new academic year, the start of the new sports calendar as well, I, I'd just like to give you the stage for a couple of seconds. You know, give everybody the 30,000 foot as, as to what's going on, what can everybody look forward to. I know there's a couple of details that we'll get to uh, in greater detail, but I mean, Steve, the floor is yours. Let everybody know what, what, what's going on going into this year, because I know th some things have changed, but some things have stayed the same. Yes, I mean, so we win the McCafferty Cup, which tends to be more often than not recently this past year, which is just a testament to our student-athletes and our coaches and the support we get from so many people on campus and in the community. Uh, so, so what do we do to make it even better? And that's the key to me is, so five Horizon League championships, can we get to six? Uh, can, can we uh, win it again, but even get further and get more teams to the NCAA or individuals to the NCAA? It's not easy to do, but you have to have aspirations to always get better. You may not always get there each year, but you better hope to do that. And I'm excited because I think this year we've got a great group of teams coming together, talented individuals, talented teams, and I want to see what that looks like. And so you've got that piece of it. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things that are familiar with what we do, and uh, you'll see some familiar faces. This COVID year continues to have an impact. I think last year you looked at our softball and men's soccer teams. That experience led to help lead them to Horizon League championships. This year our women's soccer team has kind of got that experience as well. You get these COVID years, the next two or three years, that will, I think, really impact who wins the Horizon League against the NCAA. So it, it should be a fun year. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, I'm excited to have new faces and new people involved in the program and having our fans come out and see us. Knock on wood, we can continue to put the pandemic more in the rearview mirror and keep moving forward. I know at the NCAA and the rising levels, the amount of uh, regulation that they put in place is, 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 isn't very much. It's dramatically different. So we're hoping to get through it and look forward to our team's winning championships. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And certainly the Golden Grizzlies have been able to do that as of late. Talking to Steve Waterfield, we are back at it, the Bear in Mind podcast. Remember, subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud as we get ready to roll into 
another year. And, and Steve, as we talk about that, the, the fall sports calendar opens up. You know, we're just days away on women's soccer. And uh, speaking of that, that'll be the subject of the next Bear in Mind podcast. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But Steve, as, as we jump into that, volleyball certainly is one of those sports that take center stage. They'll be on the road for a little bit as things do get going with volleyball. But there was a coaching change in the volleyball program. Krista Rice came in, was named a head coach of the volleyball team. And Steve, you kind of, you know, as always, you know, we, we go to the top. So we, so we ask you these types of questions. For those that don't know, uh, Krista writes, what drew you to her and what excites you about her? Yeah, I mean, it, it was, a, again, you go through the process and you realize how attractive Oakland University head coaching jobs are to, to the uh, folks out there. And during the process, really what resonated with Krista when I met with her was uh, her experience recruiting in Michigan. She had been at Central Michigan for a number of years. I think that's important. That's one of the reasons that I thought Jordan would do very well with baseball is he had those connections. So I thought that was a factor. She had played volleyball at the Division One level at Kent State. I think that's always a plus. It's not a requirement, but I think it's a, it's a plus. Uh, and she had an approach that I thought uh, would resonate quite well uh, moving forward with the current team, but also future teams, which is how she was going to approach it. Her plans from a staffing standpoint, uh, she brought in uh, an assistant coach from Western Michigan, Kyle Stahl, who I'm really excited about, who's got connections to Michigan, and actually has uh, family in the Rochester area. So you put those th- three things together, uh, her experience the recruiting connection and just how she's going to approach and teach volleyball and develop our women, it really made a great fit. So I'm excited to have her here. Uh, she, she's ready to go. Like you said, they're going to be on the road for a while. To, right. uh, other than that kind of the, the first uh, exhibition match, they're going to be road warriors. But I think you'll develop a, you develop a relationship with the team that way. And it, you create some bonds that I think help as you get to the end of the season will pay dividends. Steve, when you look at it, and I'm always intrigued by this, and you're very open and forthright about these kinds of things, as an athletic director, as somebody that ultimately has the final call in the coaches that you hire, does, and I ask because you brought it up, does Jordan Banfield and the success that he had so quickly, does that play into your thought process? Which I guess the answer is yes, because you, you said that by name. But I mean, just in terms of that that local recruiting angle, and, and look, I, I think that it's, it's no secret that Oakland has done well with Midwestern recruits, certainly with Michigan recruits as well. That, that's a big factor, isn't it? Or am I wrong? It is. It is. No, you're, you're completely right, Neil. You have to have a, a foundation and a base pipeline, I would say, for your recruits. And really, there's a lot of great talent in Michigan. And so if we're going to be in Michigan, we're located in Michigan, that needs to be an area that we can recruit with success. Now we're going to go outside the, the, the state and we'll go to the region. I, I just got a um, kind of a, a summary. 33% of our student-athletes come from out of state. For this coming year, 54% overall in-state, 33 out-of-state, and 13% international. So we recruit internationally and nationally, but I think you need to have that home base. And having it helps. Uh, but I also look at each each sport program when you're looking at a, for a, the next head coach. They're all different. Each team, it's a different dynamic. And so 
what might fit with baseball may not fit with volleyball or and vice versa. So you try to figure that out. I, I got great feedback from a number of people that meet with each of the candidates. I want it to be a holistic process. Ultimately, it's my decision. And you feel really good about it. I feel great about Krista, excited to where it goes. It's one of those where you want to have success. But I told her, let's build a program that has sustained success for a number of years. And let's do it the right way. Talking with Steve Waterfield here on the Bear in Mind podcast. Remember, subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Latest episodes go right to your phone. It's very easy for you if you're anything like me. Uh, you know, you, you like it. When it's hand-delivered to you, it makes it easy. You can click on it, click the next episode. They'll autoplay for you and do all the work for you. So it's perfect for somebody like me. But, Steve, you know, as as we discuss things, and you and I have talked about this in the past, certainly in, in our GrizzBiz segment on the radio broadcast for Oakland Basketball, it, the world continues to turn as far as NCAA Division One athletics are concerned, and, and drastically, oh, we're seeing movement across the board. And, and and I know a lot of fans out there, certainly Golden Grizzlies fans, mid-major athletic teams fans as well, are probably curious for this next question. Certainly, the big news here was the UCLA USC addition to the Big Ten. Now, my question for you and all that, Steve, is. At some point, because let's be real, college sports, and, and you're fair, you're open about this, high major, big football dollars, big football television contracts, that doesn't drive a, a good percentage of, of the decisions that are made and what happens and things like that. At some point, Steve, while right in your face, it doesn't impact the Horizon League, it doesn't impact Oakland University. However, Steve, the trickle-down economic theory to it, at some point it does. At some point it affects everybody across the nation. Shed some light on that for Oakland fans that are listening right now. At what point maybe would Golden Grizzlies fans see this, feel this, uh, be aware of it? Because at some point this will trickle down, right? Yeah, I think it, it always will. And you were right, most of these decisions are driven by by football primarily and the meteorites that come from football games and to the conferences uh, i think what you see and it's kind of a, <clears throat> a perfect storm you're going to have the ncaa transformation committee so this group that's really kind of figuring out what division one looks like and it's probably a great conversation for another podcast <clears throat> in a few months once we get a better clarity but you're going to have this piece as long as with realignment and so to me, it's a question of what is access to NCAA Division One championships going to look like for the Horizon League institutions and similarly situated conferences? And will we be able to compete in those the same way that we always have been able to? And there's a real question that on the, on the men's basketball side and the women's basketball side is if those um, power five conferences are going to basically say, hey, we're going to run our own tournament and we're going to maybe provide a little bit of access, but not what we've seen in the past. I think there'd be a big uproar. I certainly wouldn't be in favor of that whatsoever and would really, uh, I think a lot of folks would be against that. And I think it would actually harm the NCAA tournaments for men's and women's basketball. But that's a question because maybe the dollars are, are, are so much bigger in that situation that it, it's worthwhile. Now, what we could see is maybe in five years, Division One men's basketball programs that pay us to, to go travel and we get to play at great institute, great locations and schools, they don't do that anymore. They say, you know, we're just going to play each other. We don't need to, to do that. And so that revenue, but also the opportunities to play those high major teams goes away. That's going to impact us. And then you're going to have the realignment at the, at the uh, let's say, the mid-major level where you have just today, I mean, Campbell University, I saw a little news report. They're going to go into the, the Colonial Athletic um, Conference. And so you have those type of things. So that trickle-down effect is coming. 
Is it in two years, three years, four years, five years? Who knows? Is it eight years? Maybe the, the, the schools now realize that, you know what, in the Big Ten, it may not make economic sense to, to fly every one of our sports all across the country to play, and it becomes more regional in some way for certain sports, and therefore we it, there's more opportunities. Maybe that's an option. I don't know, uh, but it's going to change. That's for sure, and uh, football is driving it is definitely driving the change. Yeah, you know, Steve, it's funny. You and I talked about name, image, and likeness and we, at the onset of it, when it was talked about, then it, then it was going to be delivered, then it happened. And, and I always remember your phrase when we caught up later as it was going on. You said, yeah, the name, image, and likeness is here, and we're still spinning. You know, the, the earth is still spinning, and yeah. NCAA yeah. sports is still spinning. I mean, w- will it be different? Yes, but the, but the world will keep turning, though. It will. I think you have to. You have to embrace and adjust to it. And and you can't look back. I mean, I've lived in the Midwest for most of my life. It's a little odd to think that USC and UCLA will soon be in the Big Ten Conference, but they are. And you embrace. They'll embrace that change. We embrace the opportunities as long as we can give our student athletes an opportunity to compete at Division One and win championships and get to the NCAA tournament. That's important to me. And then through that, we'll develop them on and off the field, the competition court, what, what have you. That's the critical piece of it. How do we do that? It's going to change. Name, image, likeness has changed it, but we still do it. We've embraced it. Uh, other things will change. You've got to be able to adapt and adjust, and we'll keep doing it. And, and you have to because the alternative is not, and, not, and that's not an alternative because it's going to happen. All right, well, Steve, uh, as always, we certainly do appreciate your time. The golf game may not be where you want it to be uh, through the summer, but your podcast game, you're in midseason form already. As always, appreciate the time. Appreciate the transparency as well. Absolutely, Neil. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Remember, you can subscribe to the Bear in Mind podcast on YouTube, or excuse me, on iTunes and the SoundCloud outlet as well. So for Director of Athletics, Steve Waterfield, my name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Thank you for listening, everybody. Well, See you later.